Hey co-signed, welcome back. This week is going to look a little different because it's just me. Typically at Cosign, we tend to focus on dating, relationships, self-development, all those kinds of good things. But we decided this week we wanted to do something a little different. If you've been on social media, listened to the news, I mean anything, this is a national story. I'm sure that you have heard the name Gabby Petito. And this case has really just hit home for a lot of people. And it's really hard to understand. So I dived in very deep, went down a very deep hole found a lot of information about her, about Brian, about their past, about their dating, everything. So I'm going to dive into a lot of that this episode. But sadly, as I was preparing to do this episode and talk about Gabby as a missing person, yesterday her body was found in Teton, Wyoming, where her parents said they had last known her to be. So this changes it a little bit. Um, I'm very sad at the outcome of this, even though I think after you go a long extended period of time and no one hears from you, I think, you know, we kind of expected this outcome, but we're just hoping for the best for Gabby. So this episode is a little special, a little different. I hope you enjoy it and I hope that it brings light to the case because Brian is still considered a missing person, um, which I think is ridiculous to call him a missing person because there's a difference in missing and hiding or running. Gabby was missing and I fully 100% believe that Brian is fleeing and hiding because he is guilty. So grab your favorite snack, some coffee, maybe a little wine, and let's get into it. All right, so Gabrielle Petito, a.k.a. Gabby, was born in Blue Point, New York, on March 19th, 1999. She's from Long Island, which Long Island has about 5,000 residents, and she graduated in 2017. Her family, her parents, um, or even if you just look at her social media, you can tell that Gabby was very free-spirited and she loved to travel. Um, That's what she wanted to do was be a travel blogger, which she was doing. In 2018, about a year after she graduated, she rekindled an old friendship with Brian. And I found out that her and Brian did actually go to high school together. And after high school, Brian moved back to Florida where his family's from. And once they rekindled their friendship throughout the next year, they developed a relationship. They officially began dating around March of 2019. And that's supposedly when they officially made it official. They had their first date in Long Island at a sushi place called Smith Point Beach Restaurant. And they were both really, really big into the outdoors. It's really weird because I was trying to find information about Brian And it's really almost like Brian didn't exist before he started dating Gabby, even down to his first Instagram post being with Gabby when they were dating. So there's really not a lot of info about him. And really all I could find was that him and his family were from Florida. Within the first year of dating, she decided to move to Northport, Florida with him. In January of 2021, she had posted that she was a true crime fan and that she listened to true crime podcast. So that's pretty cool. Something that we have in common. But a little over a year after they started dating, they went to Gilmore County, Georgia and visited Deep South Farm wedding venue. 
Brian proposed to Gabby there, and Gabby said yes. On July 3rd of 2020, Brian posted a photo on Instagram with the caption saying, my biggest fear is that one day I'll wake up and it will all have been a dream. That's what every second has felt like since the moment we found each other. Till death do us part or until I wake up, I'm so happy the answer was yes. Love you, honey. He tagged the location, love of my life, with a bunch of exclamation points. So Gabby had moved to Florida at this point, and Gabby had no family in Florida. So her dad actually decided to move from Long Island to Vero Beach, Florida, which was about a three-hour drive from where Gabby and Brian lived. And he had just made the move in June of 2021, right before that they were about to leave to go on their trip. So the plan for this trip, they weren't planning on coming back until November. So the plan was to drive all through the country and visit a bunch of national state parks and ultimately end up in Portland, Oregon, where they were going to spend Halloween with a friend that they knew. They both had a YouTube channel together where they, you know, documented and videoed their trips and their actual YouTube channel is called Nomadic Static. And they had planned to film and record for the whole trip for that channel. I found out that in Florida, they both worked together at Publix. Before their trip, Gabby went to New York on June 17th of this year. And she went back up there to attend her younger brother's graduation and she ended up staying up there with her family for a couple weeks. So they didn't start their trip until she got back and they left on July 2nd. Gabby's mom said that she wanted to travel the country, quote, living the van life and living free. And her mom said that this was her dream. So one of their first stops was in Kansas at Monument Rocks. And they had posted, or Gabby posted photos on July 4th. And she quoted the photo saying, there's no place like the tiny home we built. Hashtag van life. And she tagged Brian in this post. Four days after the post in Kansas, Gabby posted photos in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And then two days later on July 11th in Southern Colorado, they were at the Great Sand Dune National Park and they wanted to park there and camp for a couple days with their van. But when Gabby called, the park was completely full. But luckily someone had just called to cancel and that allowed them to stay and park their van there for two days. On July 30th, they were known to be in Canyonlands National Park, Utah. Brian's last post ever was August 13th. But what's funny is on August 12th, the Utah police encountered a couple who they described had been engaged in some sort of altercation. Both Gabby and Brian said they had an argument that turned physical, but they were both quoted saying that they are in love and engaged to be married and desperately didn't wish to see anyone charged with the crime. And this came from Officer Eric Pratt. The police said the couple stayed apart that night like they had recommended, and officers described Gabby as very confused and emotional. At the time, it was reported that the couple each had their own cell phones on them in case of an emergency. Gabby's second to last post came on August 19th, six days after Brian's last post, but this was also the same day they released their first and only video for their YouTube channel. On August 21st, 
Her dad said that he knew they were in Salt Lake City, Utah, because he had placed an Uber Eats order for them um, and confirmed that it was delivered to them. On August 24th, Gabby FaceTimed with her mom and told her that she was having fun in Utah and they were heading to Teton Range in Wyoming. But August 25th was Gabby's last post ever, okay? Gabby's mom said on August 25th that her daughter had multiple text exchanges with her and they assumed at this time that she was still in Teton's Wyoming. It's interesting to hear the mom because when the mom talks about Brian, she doesn't call him Brian. She calls him the boyfriend. So I'm wondering how much did her family really know or even like Brian? They had been dating for two and a half years at this point, And it's weird for someone's mom to, to not call him by his name after two and a half years, just the boyfriend, right? August 24th, before this, these text exchanges, this was the last time that Gabby was seen and they were leaving the hotel. They said that in Yellowstone, while Gabby and Brian were in Yellowstone, the text became sporadic and she never called her parents. She only texted, which is interesting to me because she was in communication with her family this whole trip. I mean, she was FaceTiming her mom, her stepdad, her dad, you know, calling them. They were in constant communication communication whenever they had service. So it's interesting to me that she never called her mom again, only texted. And it makes me wonder, was it really Gabby texting her? What's also interesting is the um, last two posts that Gabby posted, um, including the last one on August 25th, every other post she ever posted all had tag locations on the post, but the last two posts didn't, which makes you wonder, was it even her posting on her own social media? And with that last post, Gabby posted at a Monarch mural, which was Gabby's last post in Ogden, Utah. It's close to the Idaho state border and it's on the way to Yellowstone. Gabby always posted pictures, but there's no proof of Wyoming. She never posted pictures while they were there. So it makes me wonder how long they were even there before she was murdered. She never posted again on her main page after 825. So it's really interesting what I found. Originally, Brian and Gabby were supposed to, like I said, be on this trip until around November because they were going to spend Halloween in Portland. So something very strange that I found that I had not read in the media was that Brian actually left and went home to Florida from August 17th to August 23rd. Then he came back to Salt Lake City and left the hotel on 824. And then they were in Teton, Wyoming on 825, which was the last time she's known to even be alive, heard from, seen, posted, anything. So I'm interested to know, Brian, um, after the domestic dispute was reported, why did you go back to Florida? for six days without Gabby before coming back. And I'm just wondering what was going on during this time. And what's interesting is she was last reported on 825, but Brian told a friend on Snapchat on August 27th that he was headed to Yellowstone. I'm interested to know now that they found her body, if they're gonna be able to pinpoint 
exact day of death, um, depending on the state of the body, where it was, weather exposure, all of that stuff. But what's also interesting is Gabby's last photo that she liked on someone's page was also on 827 as well. Um, she had not posted any, but she was on social media and she did react to a page called at Chad and Claire. Um, they're a travel couple and they had made a post on 827 and she liked it from her own Instagram and she follows that couple and that's the last like or interaction on social media that she had. So on August 30th, Gabby's parents reported that this was their last communication with Gabby, but they don't believe that the text that they received was actually from her because the text just simply read, no service in Yosemite. Someone who's extremely close with their parents like Gabby was, wouldn't just be so vague in my opinion at least, to only say no service in Yosemite. So her parents are convinced that it was not Gabby at this time. And honestly, I'm not convinced that it was either. It would not surprise me if she was already dead at this point and Brian had her phone and was just basically covering his tracks because after they got that last text on August 30th, Brian went home in Gabby's van on September 1st, which is weird because like I said, their trip was supposed to last until November. And he went home September 1st and didn't say a word to her family or anyone. He did go see his parents. We do know that. So once they hadn't heard from Gabby, Gabby's mother said that she texted Brian and Brian's mother the day before they reported her missing. So this would have been, she was reported missing officially September 11th. So this would have been September 10th. They still had not heard anything from Gabby. She reached out to Brian and his mother and she said neither one of them even replied back to her. Just not even a reply, showing no sign of caring at all. And once the missing report was finally officially filed September 11th, the police went to Brian's parents' house and it said that Cassie, who's Brian's sister, was the only one that would speak to police. And basically from what I read, the police said once they went to the house to talk to Brian, that basically his parents handed the police a note with their attorney information and would not let them even speak to Brian, which is crazy and suspicious in itself. I think that his parents are involved in hiding him and I think that they know more than they're letting on. Her mom said that Brian's parents loved Gabby. She said that his mother would knit gifts for her for holidays and always welcomed her with open arms into their home and I actually found out that Gabby and Brian were living in Brian's parents house. So he went back without her for 10 days and she's supposed to live in that house and no, and, and they just say nothing about her not being there. I found out that they also had gotten engaged, you know, July, 2020, like I had said, but Gabby's mom actually said that Gabby had called off the engagement and they just went back to regular dating. And their explanation was just that they felt that they were too young to get married. Um, so this confirmed that they were not engaged on this trip, but I'm wondering if, you know, sometimes in your relationship, it's easier to tell your parents, hey, you know, we're too young than to actually tell them what's really happening. And I know that also Gabby's mother said that they had had a lot of problems and issues in their relationship. And Gabby had said that she didn't know if it was going to work out. So I'm wondering if, you know, they were fighting on this trip. And this is just a theory. This is not facts in any way. But I'm wondering, you know, had she decided that it wasn't going to work? And he decided that she wasn't going to go anywhere without him and got rid of her. And also in August, when Brian took that trip, 
back home for those six days. Him and his father moved Gabby's stuff into a storage unit, which I find really interesting because we do know at this point when he was gone, Gabby was still alive. So I'm wondering why they were moving her stuff into the storage room in the first place. So something else that I found that's very interesting and we don't know if it's related to Gabby's case or not, but the timeline is very interesting. So this is kind of a little sidebar of something that happened in Moab, Utah when they were there. So there were two ladies by the name of Kylan and Crystal. Kylan was 24 years old and Crystal was 38 and they were married. On August 12th was the day the police incident happened with the body cam footage between Gabby and Brian. And on August 13th was Brian's last post period and it was also in Moab. So the murders of Kylan and Crystal happened the day after the body cam footage. So August 13th. And this story is very sad, but very interesting because they had a friend named Cindy who they had been in contact with while they were on their camp trip. They loved to camp. And so this was something that they did together regularly. So Cindy said she received calls from Kylan's dad after they had not heard from the women in three days. And during this time, the women had been keeping in contact with their friends and Kylan's dad. So the dad explained to Cindy that he had learned that Kylan and Crystal had basically expressed that there was a very creepy guy um, that they were scared of and that they needed to move their campsite, which they did move their campsite. But after not hearing from them for three days after this, um, Cindy went out looking for the couple. And when she eventually found their campsite, she called Kylan's dad immediately because they were both deceased at their campsite. And this, Cindy found their bodies on August 18th. So they had been sitting for about five days at this point in this location. It was said that Kylan and Crystal were nude from the waist down and they had been shot multiple times with a gun. And what's interesting is Kylan, we learned later that Kylan had told one of her friends, quote, if something happens to us, we were murdered. Okay, that's terrifying. So they were very scared of something. And there's really no information about their case. There's not a lot of evidence to go on. And I just find it very weird that Brian and Gabby were in Moab in the same location on the same day that these women were said to have been killed. Now, this is all speculation. It's never come out that Brian ever had a weapon, a gun, or anything like that. So this really is just us talking. Um, but I just find the correlation of events very odd and wanted to point that out. Very, very tragic. Um, Kylan and Crystal, people said they were amazing people, loving people, very fun, um, free-spirited, just like Gabby. And that's two more lives lost that we still can't explain. So I know that this, with the dates and the info, it's kind of all over the place. And it seems like every day a little bit more is coming out. And I'm interested to see now that they have recovered Gabby's body. The autopsy is set to be scheduled for tomorrow. I'm interested to see what cause of death is and if they will be able to pinpoint an exact day of death. But I'm hoping with this autopsy that a lot of this is going to come to light. And on another note, we're still looking for Brian. And I firmly believe that his parents know something 
Brian Landry is his name. You can look up his picture. So please, if you are in the Florida area or just anywhere, I mean, at this point, we have no clue where he is. Be on the lookout for Brian. If you think you see someone matching his description, then please call the police. The FBI is now on this case. The FBI is looking for Brian and he is their main person of interest, as we all probably already assumed. And like I said, I know we say innocent until proven guilty, but everything in this whole case is a red flag pointing directly to him. And I pray to God that justice is found for Gabby, for her family, um, that they can get some answers and hopefully eventually find Brian and charge him to the fullest extent of the law. I've seen some posts on social media. You know, people are like, you know, I hope Gabby's dad got him and that's why he's missing. I can see why people would feel that way because I feel like everyone's very upset about this case and it's very disturbing what has happened. But Brian deserves to go to prison and he deserves to spend the rest of his life there. So please, if you have any information at all on this case, if you live on the Western coast and you saw anything suspicious or saw Gabby, please reach out to the FBI or the local authorities so that we can bring this case home and get her family some answers. All right, Cosine. So one more piece of information actually has come forward after I had recorded. So just to add before we end today's episode, Brian's car has been found in Florida. He apparently was going on a hike and he parked on the side of the road. A police officer had left a note on his car. I guess it was in a place that it couldn't be parked long-term, asking that the vehicle be moved. So when the family went and found the car and Brian never came back, they took the car home and Brian has still not been heard of. So I'm wondering, either someone took Brian out or he set it up to look like he was going on a hike and now he's missing so he could possibly disappear without looking guilty. But it's too late, Brian. You already look guilty. I hope that they find you. And guys, I passed over the case of Kylan and Crystal and told you a little bit about that. And I do not take that lightly. There's not a lot of information to help police find who did this to those women. And I hope that if anyone in that area saw anything suspicious, thought anything was weird having to do with those women, please go to the police as well for their sake and for Gabby's. And, you know, just to wrap it up, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, It's a very sad, two very tragic cases. Um, Three lives snuffed out for no apparent reason that we can see. And I hope that maybe you learned something new and that you'll be on the lookout. Let's bring Brian home. And let's get Gabby justice. And don't forget to go to our Instagram page at co.signpodcast. You can also head over to Apple. And we would love if you would rate and leave us a review on how you feel about Cosign Podcast. And if today's episode sparked anything in your mind, maybe a thought or an opinion, or maybe you even know something about this case that I don't know or that I missed. And like I said, this information is coming out every day and it's constantly changing and we're learning new stuff. So anything you guys find out that I don't have in this 
this episode, please feel free to reach out and send it. We love getting the feedback, getting the responses and the messages. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to one of my high school friends, Linda. Thank you so much for all the information and articles that you had found that you sent to me. Um, I got a lot of good information from those and we really, really appreciate all of that. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. But like we say, we're coming at you every single Tuesday. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Uh-huh. Oh, 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 oh